Well, hello and welcome to Cinematic Sagas in our Saga of the Stone series. We just watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm Chris. I'm Beth. Here with my co-host. Hey, oh, don't. So just don't jump don't in. give me co-host nonsense. You're, I'm a co-host. You're a co-host. We're both co-hosts. We're co-hosting. Yeah. He we're, didn't we're, say we're... online known as Simi. I didn't. I, I, it's oh, been so no, long. This is all screwed up now. All right, back to the beginning. Hello, and welcome to Cinematic Saga. Saga of the Stones. <laughs> I'm we Beth. just watched it. Dang it, Beth! <laughs> you ruined it! Okay, you just be quiet for a second. Okay. Hello, welcome to Cinematic Sagas. Saga of you know- the Stones. I'm Beth, here with my co-host, Chris, who is sometimes online known as Simmy, but not to me. And we just watched a movie. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I know what it's called. I was just being stupid. We just watched (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know I'm leaving all that in, right? Yeah, I don't care. And uh, (laughs) so we just watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, and uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I remembered it not liking it as much as I did this time, and I don't know why. And I thought I was right, because... (laughs) <laughs> I told my little brother that I was watching this, and he said, oh, well, I hate that movie. It's garbage. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And and as we were watching, I'm like, what is he remembering? I think- Because this is a good I, movie. Does your little brother listen to this podcast? I mean, I just pretend he does and don't ask him. I told him to. Oh, okay. Well, um, we maybe hey, not should trust his opinion anymore is all I'm saying. Yeah. We Chandler, you're dumb. And yeah, you have dumb what, opinions. There. What he said, I was going to be a little nicer about it, but... Um, it's my brother. I can but, be mean yes. about it. <laughs> I enjoyed it, which would make sense that, uh, uh, you know, other people would hate it because that's the way it tends to work. Um, I may have liked the original Ant-Man better, but this was pretty good. I did enjoy it and i was able to follow along i wasn't confused and all the fighting didn't happen in the dark so there's a bonus yeah i think the first one told a better well-knit story whereas this one had a lot of moving pieces and then they even threw in that gangster dude and he muddled things up a ton had some fun stuff but between him and ghost Uh, everybody's fighting over the building suitcase Oh, it was just a mess. Yeah, I think I think Ghost and the quest to get Mom back would have been fine by itself. Yeah, we but, didn't need the weird Southern guy. Yeah, and I get why they did it, because it would be very much straightforward otherwise. But I think that would have helped smooth out this movie. I would have been okay straightforward, because I like the characters. So being a little more involved with them and less, you know nonsense right. going on although the truth serum part <laughs> I, I i gotta say i love luis i loved yeah. him in the last movie he's funny to me because he's dumb and doesn't even know it and it's fabulous <laughs> he's dumb in the best possible way right and and he's just completely oblivious whereas like i noticed in this one for sure Scott makes a very conscious effort to try and sound like he knows what's going on. (laughs) He's not very good at it. Oh, yeah. But then they hit that point in Bill Foster's office where he's like, what does any of this mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
That was amazing. It was normally it's just like, yeah, of course. Bill Foster's office, the whole, uh, you know, mine is bigger than yours thing was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, because Ant-Man did have a bunch of other versions. So you had Ant-Man, you had Yellow Jacket, you had Giant Man, you had Goliath. So when they talk about the Goliath project, like they're saying Bill Foster was Goliath for that time. So it's just a neat reference to the comics and a nod there that, hey, yeah, this is a proto thing that happened and it's kind of cool. Which some of us didn't get at all. <laughs> what, and you can you still know, enjoy the movie without getting it. Because definitely. I I mean, I, I I didn't know that was a, a in reference to anything. But what was really cool, and I didn't notice it till this watch through, but when they're at Bill's house... Where Ghost is doing her quantum. Oh, is that thing. Bill's house? Okay. Yeah, that was at Bill's house. But on the on the shelf behind where they're tied up in their chairs, uh-huh. there are Ant Man helmets. How funny! It, yeah, I was like, "Is am I seeing that?" So it, when it cut back to there, I'm like, "Yeah, there's two of them back there." Funny. That is super cool. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, they had a lot of cool little just set in there things that they didn't really talk about. But are fun to, to check out. Like the Lego pieces I was desperate to oh show you. Oh my gosh, he had to rewind people. We had to rewind. Because well, they're only on screen for a very short time. The first time. Did you see those? They were Legos. I yeah. don't know what you're talking about. But they had Legos. They had Erector set pieces. They had like, what do you call it? Speaker knobs. They had paper clips. It looked like they even might have had like a piece of connects. Like yes. running that spinny thing. Yes. Like that that's some cool thing. attention to go. detail where they're like, we can't really just buy everything. So we're improving by making this bigger and using this here. And that's really cool. Uh-huh. That's funny, though. <laughs> you were so excited by the Legos. Oh, because it's something I just never really looked for before. Right. I, and, and it's like I said, when we've gone through these movies, this has been fascinating for me because I see stuff. But there's still always so much more to find, and it's really fun. Oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. Ha. Pause for edit. <laughs> <sighs> you leave a lot of those pause for edits in. I do. Because it's kind of like a bit now. Yeah. I, I was I'd laughing. take a lot out of my other podcast, though, because King Monkey is not, he's not good. <laughs> I have to take things out because we have to keep to stricter standards. Honey. <laughs> huh. My number two fan is, uh, got a language problem, is what you say? Language and content, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. He, he has a pretty crappy mouth, if you know what I mean. Got Let it. Because he's number two. <laughs> uh... It only gets funnier when you explain it. You know that, right? I found it very, very weird that Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne were considered in violation of the Accords because Scott used their tech. Yeah. I feel like that is a shitty, shitty way of reading the Accords. And if the Accords are read that way, uh, that's not good. No, it is not that, good. That, to me, says Cap was 100% right and we need to get rid of these Accords because... Well, I if told someone, you he was right to begin with. If someone makes something and someone else uses it in a way that violates the rules, you don't punish the person that made the thing. That's not how things work. Welcome to the dictatorship, man. 
So I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. If you, like, even if they had just said he provided you that, or he, you know, we have to question them. Yeah, go ahead. Hope's last name is Van Dyne. Her mom's Uh last name is Van Dyne. Her dad's last name is Pim. How did this happen? Well, you see, sometimes when... When a mommy and daddy love each other very much. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Don't go there. (laughs) No, actually, I was going to say, when when two people are married and they're both scientists, they'll keep their own last names so there's no confusion over whose work is whose. And when you have a baby, the mother, like, I guess, determines whose last name the baby has, ultimately. Yeah, I guess so. I think I think it even defaults to the mother unless if the father's huh. listed it defaults to the father's. Hmm. So it had to wow, that's I you know what? Now. Okay, so I got I know why I know why Janet Van Dyne, Hope Van Dyne, maybe Hope changed it when she had her falling out with her father. Yeah, maybe. That that would be my guess there. I don't know though. That's interesting. I wouldn't have known it and except Scott called her Miss Van Dyne when she introduced herself, or, you know, whatever, when they were meeting face-to-face for the first time. Yeah. Huh. But, anyway, it just struck me as odd. Yeah, that's that's a good catch. I, I knew I knew that Janet was Janet Van Dyne, because that's how it is in the comics, and it just made sense that her daughter would have the last name, but yeah, now that you say that, since they were married, mm-hmm. well, I, I guess, you know, we don't really know if they were married, do we? Does he ever say my wife? I don't know. I I never. I didn't pay attention. Huh. Now I'm curious. I I, I want to oh, watch it again. Heavens, <laughs> now you're gonna have to go search YouTube. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna be that curious. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You probably will. I know you. It happens. Another little detail that that sprung out to me is in the car when they first get which car? Scott. Pick one. Oh, okay. When they first get Scott. She says the doors won't open while the system is active, which I could understand as like a we're protecting you from accidentally getting hurt while you go out there. But it's a weird safety feature. It was shrunk at the time. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. But and he's not wearing a suit, so he can't get out. If he gets out while the system is active, he's not going to be shrinked anymore because he's shrinked because he's in the car. I don't think yep. so. That's how it works. I don't think so. Probably just, not, but it sounds good anyway. <laughs> I just found it weird because, like, you need... They, they established in the last movie that you need some kind of container or insulator to be able to shrink without being destroyed. But once you're shrunk, that shouldn't be an issue anymore, right? Like, you're already shrunk. It's the process that was destroying things. And it's not a continuous thing because that would destroy their ability to do it regularly. So it's got to be a instant up or down type thing so i just found it i just found it weird to, to consider yeah, like you keep you keep finding it weird i don't want to talk about it <sighs> well then why don't you talk about something then thinking way too much about that well i thought it was funny that they left an ant with the ankle monitor on <laughs> that amused me and the ant walking around the house playing drums i did like him when he was taking a bath and he didn't get the ankle monitor wet <laughs> But uh, was and they even maintained that continuity when he finally gets it off. You see the discolored skin. Yep. Which I, I was like, good attention to detail. <laughs> yep. Do you want me to talk about something else? Hold on, my brain's almost okay. there. 
That's my no, address. my brain's not there. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Bill Foster's house when they get captured by ghost is probably the worst part of the movie, right? It's a little bit creepy. I mean, there are bits in there that are fun. I think the the girl who plays ghost or the woman that plays ghost, excellent job yes. playing that that kind of just crazy by pain. Uh, Hannah John Kamen? John Kamen? John Common? Mm. Something. Yeah. Something like that. But she does an excellent job of kind of like that crazy, on the edge, trying to be normal type stuff. Yes. But that whole area, like she she drops just all her narration. Hey, this is my backstory, which we've come at this point in the MCU to not expect that kind of narrative dump. True. The rev- the reveal of Bill Foster as helping her, that was great, but, oh, And then Cassie calls with a, you know, like a typical kid right, with an right. emergency. With the emergency of, of shoes. But Bill answers the phone, then turns it. And I watched this. You can see the front face of the camera where her picture is. It swipes around and it passes over Hank and Janet before being on. Right. on I was like. Wait, you just answered a video call and showed her the two people that he shouldn't be with. <laughs> yep. It's like, come on. You're you're doing so I, well. I actually caught that too. I thought, really? He had it cuz he had it facing him when he swiped it to answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I, I, I what? And that's that's where they could have totally used that very well. And they just ignore it? Well, maybe that's why his daughter knew to to uh, play it up for him. Maybe she realized when she was on the video with him that he was wearing his Ant-Man suit. Because if you saw, I mean, it was on, the collar was on there. <laughs> so she knew he was being Ant-Man after that no, phone call. You know, I could buy that, but they didn't pay it off enough in the narrative. Oh. Like, even oh, no. nod to it. But And between the phone call... And when she talks to her dad about it, there she sees the ant. And so there's that that clearly is meant to be our, oh, hey, look, she, this is how she knows moment. So if they wanted to use the phone call, they they have to tell you, oh, yeah, I saw you or, you know, oh, I saw see, them. I just put it all together and decided she knew from there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I they, if the movies had done stuff like that. I, I would probably be willing to give them the benefit of that doubt. Yeah, but see... But it's not something that the movies have done. They've always told you. I am not as much of a geek and have not... You know, I'm like, oh, that formula or this formula, you know I don't do that. And my mm-hmm. my brain does not process it that same way. I just thought oh well she's gotta know you flip the phone that way and he's wearing his suit clearly he's wearing his suit she's seen at least pictures of him in it before Mm -hmm. and then she comes upstairs and finds an ant in the tub well duh you know she put it all together she's no dummy maybe 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 they did take a chance on people putting that together on their own or maybe i just just liked it that way i mean who knows It it works that way, and I would love it if the MCU, as they continue forward, would do more of that kind of stuff. Because that kind of stuff is treating your audience like they have a brain at all. And I like that. 
but that's not not what they've done up till now. And so I I have no faith that that's why they did it. I don't want to give them props for something that, that they didn't do. Now, something you just said, uh-huh. something about ghosts. Ava is that her name? Ava. Yes. Um, her backstory. Did you not like the way they did that? No, because we've had a a contiguous narrative up till that point, and then it's just okay. Now I've knocked everyone out. I've woken up Scott, and I'm going to tell him my backstory. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, it didn't even strike me as off or odd or out of place or anything. I I didn't mind it at all. I feel like since you have Bill Foster as well as part of her story, they could have broken it up into pieces more and fed more or found like, oh my gosh, hey, I'm just finding this piece. Because if you found a little bit about her, like, oh yeah, my parents died and it's all Hank's fault. And then Foster says, you don't understand what she's been through. She was, and then like, they keep feeding pieces as they go through. I think it could have been woven into the narrative more and that would have been more possible if they'd pulled gangster dude out and had more time true so i and they've they've done stuff like that better oh you mean like finding out about um stark's parents over 14 movies (laughs) before you know what really happened and maybe we don't know what really happened maybe in another two or three movies i'll get the whole story i don't know (laughs) because i've been being fed bits and pieces of that narrative (laughs) since the first iron man movie maybe before that and i didn't even realize it i don't even know and i don't remember which number movie iron man was so one i mean not for us but but i know i meant in the number (laughs) of movie the order in which we watched movies it was number three wasn't it yeah i think it was because we did uh captains first captain marvel and america and marvel yeah so the one thing I will give this movie is it doesn't present Hank as a good guy. Like, we got that in the last movie that he was just basically a jerk. But, you know, in the end, you kind of have this feeling that, oh, maybe he has, just has a heart of gold type. No. But this movie really just goes all in on the Hank had a good idea, but other people around him also were doing good work. And I feel like there's a chance that Ava's father might have actually been the real genius behind the quantum stuff and Hank kind of used his ejection to take it. Who knows? Because they don't actually tell you, but they sure leave a lot of questions and Hank is an egotistical jerk. Oh yeah. But with the addition of Bill Foster, who talks about how egotistical he was, how it all has to be the way Hank wants it, how Hank is the only one who can be, which is, Excellent portrayal compared to the comics, because the comics, he is not a great guy. <laughs> but when they finally tell us about uh, Luke, what's his star? I don't know his first name. Ava's Ava's father. Mm-hmm. And she says that he tried to continue his research. I kind of get this idea that maybe Hank was the jerk there. Maybe Louis or Star had the idea and Hank just didn't Maybe. want a comp- competitor but you know there's two sides to every story and exactly. right we got her side we got both sides well and yes n- and neither of them were hey we both here, here's how i screwed up and here's there's a lot of biases going on in both stories for sure right and i'm giving i'm, I'm trying to give the movie a prop for that because 
so often you get a this is the only way this is the right well, story and quite and honestly we got three sides to that story and they were all different <laughs> if you count bill foster's yeah yeah so yeah it it was it was cool because you know you don't really know yeah it 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 was cool because it's not something that we see all the time, especially in these kinds of movies, which tend to be very black and white. Civil War is the only other one where it wasn't, this is the right one, this is the wrong one, sure. I think. I know which was right and which was wrong. I mean, once we got this movie, I'm pretty sure we know Captain America's right, because the Scovy Corps are crap. I, I, I knew that when we watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about... Everything that leads up into the the first truth serum scene. <laughs> I love that because scene. Because they had to do a lot of work to make that scene be a thing that has to happen. Yes. Because they had to have a, they had a, a thing that's the, oh my How gosh. How many times are you going to say thing in this one? <laughs> thing! A lot of things. Thing, 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 and thing, they've thing. got this thing, and there was that thing, and over there there was another thing, and then they did this thing, and now <laughs> we're having truth serum thing. So they had a security contract that they were trying to land, and it's it's clearly stated throughout the movie that that is super important. It's big, it's going to drive everything for this company. We've later learned that the company is floundering, and it has to have that or it cannot continue. Yes. Scott assures him over and over that he's got everything covered. Luis, Luis is actually even like, hey, do we have too many cameras? And he's like, no, no, I know what he needs. Everything's there. So then, Luis calls and says, oh my gosh, you forgot this thing that is explicitly called out in the asked for list. Which, to me, massive oversight on a guy who has nothing else to do. No kidding! <laughs> so, Scott, at that moment, can't leave for some reason. He's not integral at all at that point, isn't he? Or is that before they got the message? I don't know. That was before they got the message. Okay, so he does need to be there. Okay, so there's that that at least is okay. But so it happens at that point before they've gotten the message out of his head. So he can't leave. And so Luis says, Well, I'll come to you. And my question is, are they not on smartphones talking at that second? Uh, surely they are. Is there not a video function, which we know Scott has at least? Where he could just say, hey, okay, show me. I'll tell you where to put it. I'll walk you through how to do it. I can stay right here. Yeah, you're you're thinking way too much into it. Nope, we gotta be in the same room. Right, they have to be in the same room on that laptop, which we know Luis has. So it's well, not like... the information is on that laptop. That's why he can just bring it to him. Right, but I'm saying, Scott could just walk him through the process of adding them to the proposal. Have you tried to walk Luis through anything? <laughs> Yeah, but Have you asked uh, Luis a question? Yeah, but you think that's going to be better with him around a bunch of new stuff that he's going to look at and be like, whoa, oh, you remember oh, this time? It reminds me of the <laughs> but the, really, they did all that so that gangster dude could do the truth serum thing and Ghost could be like, what forest? And right. like, it was all set up for this, but it just, it's so contrived in that moment. I had fun with it. I didn't care. Especially because. I didn't even care. It's just especially irritating because we just had the video call scene, or we have it shortly thereafter. Like, it happens real close to that moment. We had it before. So yeah, that, that kind of frustrated me a bit. Also, while I'm talking about things that frustrated me... Oh, good. 
let's go to, let's go towards the end so so scott is huge and he's about ready to pass out yes because they and, have established that going big makes you tired yes i have no problem with that and it would make sense that he would get better at doing it the more he practices and he's been kind of like in between phases several times so it's not like he just went suddenly you know 60 feet tall he was big enough to use a car as a skateboard essentially that was funny like a flatbed tow truck almost (laughs) that was funny but Luis and hope run out and yell scott while he's walking towards there and there were a ton of people with their phones out recording it they showed that explicitly yes so they yell it out and then when she gets him small and gets him out they both take their helmets off yes how is that not enough proof at Scott being away? Because his tracker never said he was. Yeah, but they have I video evidence of him away. Who knows? The Who only knows? thing I can come up with that excuses it is between Hope bringing him out and taking her helmet off with his, and b- before that happened, the, the building grew. So, in theory, I guess, maybe everyone was scared away by that. Well, or staring at the building instead of Hope and... Scott, and uh, then just... of course they left the giant suit for the cops to find. So, and Scott was home playing his drums, right? Yeah. So, but I don't know. I uh, I don't know. That bothers me because uh, no. I didn't even have a problem with that. I mean, <laughs> you know, which is odd because you know I'll pick out stuff and the fight scenes that didn't bother me either. I didn't sit here and think Power Rangers not one time, and they're wearing suits like Power Rangers. They they were kind of fun though. They they used the growing big and small stuff very well and didn't like focus in on it too much like they did in the first Ant Man, which almost made it feel silly at times, which I think was their goal, but they used the kind of it was mostly just you know they've gotten small and they're repositioning, but you don't zoom into their view of, Oh my gosh, everything is massive every time. Right. I I really I don't even have a moment in this movie that i went really (laughs) i don't think i mean because it all just kind of fit with what they established to me or you know nothing was outside of what i would expect would happen i gotta tell you something i love the hot wheels case the hot wasn't that great i i I want one of those yeah i want a hot i want a hot wheels case with cars (laughs) that i can just interchange yeah. And carry them all with me. It would be so fun. Well, and imagine how cheap cars could be if you could build them at the model scale with the right materials and then just blow them up to the right size. And I know. And then you can have a whole case. It'd be like a hundred dollar car. Everything. The one remote that makes everything big and small. <laughs> everything. How does it know which one to do? <laughs> Luis did it. Which means it can't be complex. Or he would have grown and shrunk all sorts of things. He was holding the case of cars and only blew up the one he needed. I think the case has some signal dampening in it. So you put the car in, you close it, and then the signal from the remote can't get to it anymore. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'd never thought there of that. Go. That makes There yeah. you go. That, that's my only issue. Is the one remote, literally... Made the building bigger and smaller, and the cars bigger and smaller, and any other dang thing you seem to have programmed to do it. But really, Luis is—I mean, come on! And I'll—I'll—I'll nope. I'll, 
give you the cars thing. Although he left the little Mercedes van in mm-hmm. the street to be run over when he made his Hyundai big. So how did he make the van small, the Hyundai big? Uh, yeah. See, one remote. <laughs> and and like I said, if it was just Hank or Hope handling the remote, I'll I'll buy that there were different things on it they pushed to do different things. But Scott apparently worked it at some point and Luis worked it. <laughs> it didn't look like it had many buttons on no, it. No, it did not. It did not. It looked like a garage door opener. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's just it's just a it's just a button to activate. Correct. Well, so no. what if you're standing near the building and one of the cars? Then what happens? Well, and it can't be just an activate because he Luis deactivates grew. too. It mm-hmm. he grew because, the Hyundai and shrunk the Mercedes. But he grew the Hyundai and left the the van by itself, and then he shrunk the van. So it has to be a an either or thing, like grow Something's or shrink. Going on. Something's going on. Huh. But that's interesting. If if Luis can work it, can't be that hard. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's very user friendly. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Yep. Luis. I love Luis. Luis. <laughs> and the whole truth serum scene that you had issues getting to, which is fine. I understand mm-hmm. that. But the scene itself oh, yeah. was hysterical for me. Was <laughs> hysterical. Arguing over whether it's truth serum or not. <laughs> the whole argument and then in true louis style you ask him a question you get the backstory to the question <laughs> oh and he's not even answering met... the question no, you he's asked not. so i met him and it's not just his problem with cell block di- and i loved how they did where the the other people were talking with louis's voice oh yeah <laughs> they i loved it it was amazing like they really said those things he said right but yeah <laughs> it was awesome i liked this one much better than the last movie i thought it was interesting in the last movie i thought they kind of went along too long but in this one it makes sense because he's trying to buy for time but he has to be truthful and it's also clearly something he's really thinking about <laughs> so when they ask him he it, it makes sense he would go back through their story he a is bit so funny to me and then when he said no where is he literally right now? Oh, is that what you wanted? Oh, so funny. Yeah. And then it's just a quick, here's where he is. And that's when the ghost appears, which is like, well, she's just yeah. like, I mean, come that, on. I mean, that was totally predictable. But again, oh, yeah. the whole truth serum thing, payoff there at the end. Oh, yes. Oh, that was great. It is truth serum. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. And I like that Ant-Man's, I guess, posse, I, for so, so to speak, Luis and the other two. The ex-con security, man! Yeah, they they played a they played a significant role in both movies. And, it which was is, fu- and they were fun. Yeah, and they <laughs> were definitely people out of their depth, doing just as much as they could, and bugging out if things got too hard. <laughs> and totally normal people. It's like people you would know. Yeah. Or people you know know or or something (laughs) but i mean yeah they're just they're funny it was very well done and i like their inclusion especially because 
we get so many. This is why I said I liked him initially, Ant-Man initially. It's because we get so many super exceptional people. It's great to see normal people in this world they've created. Yes. And That's those fun. those those four even all, all of the all of the ex-con security group. They they all are normal people who are just dealing with things way too big for them. And, and Scott only gets by cuz he also has a suit. Yes. <laughs> I got to tell you. Yep. My super normal moment for this one. Uh-huh. Is uh when they are uh, in the van after leaving Bill Bill's office and uh, talking about the the regulator, whatever it's called, um, yeah. And uh, he said, "Well, what if we did have one?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I know we don't really have one, but what if we did? What if? What if? Uh, and it turns out he didn't uh, destroy the suit. Would I couldn't destroy your life's work. Hank, that was just, I mean, it was like a kid to me. Well, of course I got rid of that. Oh, wait, you need it? Okay, well, I kind of, I kind of might have lied and um, I kind of might still have it. That was just totally, totally super normal to me. It's it's the perfect reverse of the first one, too, where he's like, promise me you destroyed it. And he's like, of course I did. How did you, how could you do that? It's my life's work. Yes. I, <laughs> I knew he couldn't have destroyed it. Well, yeah, we, we, we had I mean, to know that. that. Would, but yes, totally, totally <laughs> super normal moment. And it being on the trophy... And then the trophy being in the school was all set up at the very beginning. She really yeah. loves it. That was their whole thing. They showed us world's greatest grandma. Like, and they didn't, that, that's where showing and not telling works really well. Because and he it, said, no, it's his most prized possession or something. And he just yeah. loved it. Be- and no, she couldn't take it to show. I mean, there was a whole big, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was set up and payoff perfect. Absolutely. So what did you think about the quote-unquote bad guy in this ghost, Ava? Well, it was hard for me to think of her as the bad guy. Hmm. You know, really, I mean, I get I get that she was, but mm-hmm. she didn't have the normal bad guy motives. In my head, when I'm watching this movie, the uh, southern car salesman guy, he's... Yeah. He's the bad guy. Sonny. That's his name. Sonny. Yes. Sonny is the bad guy in this movie to me. Hmm. Ghost, Ava, is kind of someone that's damaged that's just trying to get help. She's kind of like Black Widow in some ways where she was turned into this weapon and now she's trying to get out of that. But... And she's in pain all the time. Yes, that was, that was, I think. established, and oh my gosh, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, for me, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't look at her as the bad guy, even when, I mean, as soon as, I, I couldn't figure out what she was at first. Right. But even when she had them and tied them up, she was nice to Scott. Mm hmm And... She hates Hank because she thinks it's Hank's fault. Now, 
And it might be. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, to me, I, I, I didn't look at her as the bad guy. I mean, I guess she was, but she, she did not personify bad guy as they have established in other movies. Yes. And I feel like they personified her very well and to the point where I think we all can identify with sometimes you just want the pain to stop and you will do anything. And she tries to be reasonable. She's like, I just, I just want to get this. I, I just need this. I don't want to die. And that's really what's driving her. Like, yeah, she's been in pain, but she's been in pain for a long time, obviously. Right. But now there's a there's a deadline. She knows she's coming to the end. And so it's driving her to more and more extremes. And I I really like how they played that out. It was very well done. And then the way she reacts once she's freed from her pain by Janet, she just she tells Bill to go. She's like, I you have done nothing. I've I've go. You can you can keep going. And it's because she can think clearly now. Right. It's not it could be easily seen as a as a sudden flip, but she was never a bad guy ultimately. She was really just trying to get to, save to her cure. herself. She was yeah. trying to save herself. She was trying to earn the cure that she was promised and then was lied to about. And then Bill promised her and was talking about maybe not. I have an issue with the cure because apparently the cure only works if they pull this quantum energy out of Janet. Turns out they're which, wrong. Which doesn't make any sense, because if the quantum energy is what you need, you just pull it from that space, right? right. Why do you have to have, pull it from this person to add these stakes? I would get if that's all they understood, or if they had brought Janet out already, right. and they're like, okay, now we have to get it. It just, it feels a little contrived to add that extra tension. It did. I agree but with that. I don't necessarily have an issue with her believing that, because she just, she sees hope. and. Not the character. Yeah, I got <laughs> the it. The concept. <laughs> but I really liked I liked the I liked the way they showed her ability, ghost ability. Mm -hmm. It was super cool because you can see when she moves, a lot of times she moves straight forward, but you can see like the dodge or the block or the right. punch or the opening the door. But she just walks through because those are just quantum possibilities that also exist and she is kind of falling apart at the seams on a quantum level. And it's really cool that they took the time to show that or show like something that happens later that she then walks into. And it, it was just, it was really cool visually. Well, when she was chasing Scott through that building or whatever it was, um, I think I commented that she proves the point that the quickest way from <laughs> point A to point B is a straight line. Yep, because she walks through a table. <laughs> she's walking through everything, and Scott's jumping and dodging and ducking, and and, <laughs> and uh, she just, uh, you know, going straight forward. Yeah, it's it was. I I really liked, I really liked the way they put her together. She could be a great antagonist for the movie, and you can also feel bad for her. Like, yes. yeah, I, I need you not to keep following this path, but I get it. <laughs> right. Janet, on the other hand, I have a lot of questions about. And unfortunately, we don't have any answers because we she spent nothing. 30 years in the quantum realm. And she what? aged just like Hank right. did. Even though they made a point of saying 
time, space, everything is different in the quantum right. realm. She's still aged. Now, her hair is whiter than I maybe would expect, but at the same time, like, she still is clearly 30 years older. Right. So what did she eat? too. I didn't know you could get one in the quantum realm, but she had one. What did, what did she eat in the quantum realm for 30 years? I don't know. Those weird space bugs that he almost got eaten by? Those, I believe, are called water bears, and those actually exist at the microscopic level, which is way too big compared to the quantum level. Gotcha. That's why I have questions. I'm like, is she eating that, like, goopy stuff? Well, like, they didn't show us everything, that where how she lived. They just said she was there, and we rescued her, and she explained that she is different than she was 30 years ago because she adapted. Yeah, and she said it's more than adaption, it's evolution, which, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> doesn't usually happen except within generations, and she should still be the same generation she was when she went in, unless yeah. the quantum realm does something we're unaware of. Which, like, yeah, quantum realm is weird, we know that. We, we, we saw bits of it in the Doctor Strange movie, even. We, we know it's weird, and they've made that point over and over. It just, it seems... Yeah, I just don't think too normally. much about it. <laughs> yes, that's definitely something I can I th- do. I think that's that's the that's the answer to this one. You just don't think too much about that. Maybe we'll I'll... get another movie and we'll learn about Janet and her time. How does she know it's been thirty years? Was that when she interacted with Scott? Is that how we're supposed to hand wave that? Because that was that was weird to me too. Like, okay, maybe she did exist for thirty years. She has no way of telling time. There aren't seasons, as far as we know. And even if she's experiencing linear time and she's subsisting on quantum energy, how does she know exactly how long it's been? A mother knows how long it's been since she's seen her child. <laughs> how's that? <laughs> okay, we'll hand wave that, I guess. I mean, what else are we going to do? We have no information. And it's, it, and, and yeah, no, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with my motherly instincts answer because that's all i got (laughs) i got nothing else because it doesn't make any sense (laughs) all right so you've given us your normal moment do you have your hero moment well i was thinking about that um and i think my superhero moment goes to cassie okay in that moment when she is talking to her dad and asking him, you know, how long he's been being Ant-Man again or whatever. And uh, he says he's no good at helping people. And and uh, she tells him that he can be and all of through that, what a, you know, all that conversation. Yeah. And then gets to the point where uh, he, uh, she asks him if he's going to go help Hope. And he said, I don't think I can help Hope without hurting you or or whatever he said that indicated he couldn't do both without causing a problem for for Cassie. Right. And Cassie tells him to go, that he can do anything or that, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Her belief in him is my superhero moment. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the only, only the belief of a child. And it, it's actually earned because he is a literal superhero. Yes. And in her mind, that's that's got to be even more than when we normally look at our parents. Right. That's my dad. He's a superhero. 
Yeah, so normally, like, we look at our parents and think they're pretty awesome until we hit a certain age and then they suck. And right. And we hit another certain age and realize, oh, no, we all suck. Right. <laughs> but she has to have that times, like, a hundred because he is a legit superhero. So how much more can she think of him? Right. And that's what he needs. That's all he needs is confidence. Absolutely. It's it's the it's the confidence trope in superhero movies that we often see, but done in a way that makes so much sense. Yes, I uh, and it, it was just sweet. It was heartwarming too. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, you don't have your moments. I I've been trying. I think I I'm torn between my mom my normal moment either being Scott or Hope because they both. They both want to be partners and to be together. You mean when they stop and just stare at each other? <laughs> yes. And and it's clear she's putting on a front from the moment she gets him. She's clearly just, I'm not looking at you. I'm, I'm going to give it to Hope. Because it's clear she's hurt that he left without her. Yes. And she's still willing to put that aside because she thinks it can help her mom. But even still, she's finding reasons to talk to him to like it. She can't help but be won over, but she's scared. And Luis actually points that out later and hopes in a very vulnerable place. And, you know, she's afraid if she can't trust him. I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Oh, that was amazing. And it's it's very normal. And I think they both yes. made normal choices. Like, I'm sure Scott was thinking, I can't ask Hope. They told me. That this is dangerous and that it's illegal and if we're caught, things go bad. I can't ask Hope to go with me. I'm protecting her. Whereas she's thinking, he doesn't trust me and I could have been his backup. And like, so it's very normal for her to be frustrated and she has every right to it. But at the same time, she doesn't let that close her off, which is great. Mm -hmm. Because they have a great chemistry. They do. So Hope, for her very real frustrated reaction, gets my normal moment. All right. How about your superhero moment? Okay. I and definitely already have one. Let me see. It is... Uh... I think I'm going to give my superhero moment to Cassie and her family. I love them. Because I'm sure they saw the news. So they know... Yes. He's out there. He's Absolutely. breaking the rules. But even still, especially Cop Man. Yes. He is still like so glad to see you. He hugging everyone. Like hugging, they are hugging. Cracked me up. <laughs> they are just they are so supportive. And you don't get enough of that family visualization outside of like Disney movies, and then it's usually played because some parent has just died. Oh, this is a Disney movie, isn't it? <laughs> it it's an it MCU now. movie owned by Disney. <sighs> you know what I mean. Disney. But, like, if you watch something like Big Hero 6, you've got a dead family member. I haven't watched that. They love each other, and it happens real early. No big deal. But, like, it's almost drawn together by pain, or you get broken families, and then it's, how do I get the original parents back together? And they don't go into that. It's just, you have a good dad who just is trying to balance this new life with being good to his daughter. And then you have her mom and stepdad who are also a good family and just want what's best for the daughter. Yes. And so they all come together and make this great family. And you don't get that in film as often 
No, it's, it's awesome. I agree. And, and so that makes them superhero. They don't have much screen time, but they're always batting for him. They're always supporting him. They're always like, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you, buddy. Oh, my or, gosh. Yeah. And and the did you say her name was Emily? Did you say that? I didn't say that. I don't know why I said it then. I don't know why. <laughs> did I? Why did I, I hear I Emily? I don't know. Cassie. Who knows? Whatever her name is. The mom cracks me up when they're searching his house you can't do that can you just come in here without a warrant you can't do that and cop dad actually they can Uh, yes yes no they can yes this is what they're supposed to do oh my goodness she that was amazing though you can't just come in here are you here again just show up yes yeah she's clearly just she's got his back but and he's just like uh yeah, they're doing their job. It sucks, but <laughs> oh, and he's not mean about it either, no. which is great. He could have been like, actually, why don't you sit down and be quiet because this is their job. He's just like, no, they can. And then she's like, wait, really? <laughs> yes, I, that was funny. Was really funny. It was a cute little thing they threw in there, and you know, yeah, it, it was it was well done. How about the dick moment of the movie? Oh boy, oh boy. Do you have one? Yes. You've had... Okay, why don't you give me yours? Ava gets my dick moment of the movie. Okay. When she is about to head out to go get Scott's daughter to get what she wants. Mm, yeah, that's a good that, one. That's a dick move, period. And I'm glad Bill stopped her. Yes. And it is a dick move, but it's one of those things that it's... Completely makes sense because she is just in so much pain. Right. And she's, she's like, oh, she'll do anything. She's desperate. Yeah. And totally, totally desperate. And I get it. <laughs> but that's a dick move. Messing with somebody's kids, a dick move. Yeah. Yep. I think my dick move has to come very early in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. A little tickle in my throat there. <laughs> Okay, your dick moment comes early in the movie. Yes. And I'm giving it to Sonny. Because... Oh, Sonny's a dick. Yeah. He's been selling them equipment for a long time. Most of these two years that between Ant-Man or Civil War and this movie. Right. And they've had a profitable relationship, clearly. And so on the final part, he's like, I want to change things up. And... It's not necessarily that he wants to change things up that makes him a dick. It's that he insists that they do it his way only. Yes. Because if he had been like, I need to hear from you by this time and we're going to renegotiate our arrangement. Like, okay, yeah, you're, you're not a great dude, but you're not a huge dick because obviously you're learning more and getting more knowledge and you're an underworld person. It's expected out of you. But you made a deal. You brought the part. And then you're going to take her money and kick her out? Yeah. And that that's where he is a massive dick. Mm-hmm. She she goes to take her money back. Like, she just, she hates it, but she accepts that they're going to have to go somewhere else for this part. And he says, no, your money stays. Nope. You're a dick. Let her take the money out, because you did do nothing. You did nothing. Exactly. Hope, Hope would have gotten the dick move if he had let her take the money and she had come back and stolen the part. But, thankfully, Sonny did it. And so I get to give it to him. All right. Well, he he was definitely a dink. Yeah, a dink. If that's what I said, then he's that too. <laughs> and nerd physics is an interesting one. All right. I had, a, I had a few ideas. 
Like, the way things grow and shrink, other than once, we don't really see displacement of the things around it. And I have to imagine when the car grows, like, those tires have to be scraping along the ground sideways. You think? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then the building grows and shrinks several times. And I can buy that they have an independent generator set up to run water and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I don't. I can't. I can, no. I can buy that. I'm okay there. I, I went around on that for a while the first time mm-hmm. I saw it. But I could buy because they do uh, initially go up to like the third floor or fourth floor right. for the first thing. So clearly those early floors probably are, you yeah, a couple for cover ahead. and then. Whatever. But, but then we don't see it ever like displace anything until one time where it makes sense that it does. Or one time where it, it is narratively important for it to. That last time when it grows on the pier, it shoves all sorts of things. Cars, trees. Oh, the building? Brick. Yes, the building. Well, the, the building, I didn't pay attention to the other places it grew. But you know where he took it down the first time? It like fit in there. It's like that's where it belonged. Uh-huh. And there was no ground. You know, it was a flat ground. Right. And okay, and maybe where she set it up, it was flat ground. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it was right there in the middle of an intersection. Yeah. So, you know, that didn't bother me. That actually did not bother me at all. I thought, oh, yeah, well, it's not in a good place for it to fit right now. <laughs> so so it makes sense that it pushes cards and stuff, but we haven't seen it really displace anything until that last one. Right. And so the displacement and the wear and tear, and if it's not sitting perfectly flat, like, that's got to cause structural problems. You'd think. So so that could be my, my nerd physics, but I think I'm going to specifically narrow down and give it to the car chase, the growing and shrinking the last one. Okay. Because during that, we see Hope, when she's small, get affected by wind. The cars... Even though things crash real close to it, or they pass under cars going the opposite, going side mm-hmm. to side, right. is never affected by wind. Ever. True. Interesting. I haven't even paid attention. It, when she but grows you know it what? under a car, I, 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 I am unsure what that car is made of that it can hold together so perfectly to flip another car off of it. I, that's just what I was going to say. <laughs> it didn't damage the roof at all. We yeah, just ever. blow up and flip over another car, but it's all good because apparently it's made of marshmallows underneath this Tahoe. <laughs> so yes, the that car chase specifically, because it's when all the pieces start coming together and they show us the interaction of the size. Yes. They are very clear about the interaction there and the car doesn't follow those rules. And that's my thing. Follow your own rules. That's all I ask. Agreed. But you know what? It was what? still fun to watch. It was. It was still very fun. It was fun. a fun one to watch, even though, I mean, even though it was a little bit cheesy. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, now we're under the center of a car. We're just going <laughs> to go up big and flip it. You know, it was predictable type uh, good guys win over bad guys kind of yep. thing. But it was fun and engaging. Oh, yeah. It's it's no Captain America pulling a, a helicopter down with no leverage. It is I'll give definitely it that. not that. It is also <laughs> not changing the momentum of a motorcycle. Yeah. That one still bugs me. <laughs> See, and that one to me is super cool, so Ugh. I give it a pass. No, 
to me it was just like are you kidding me <laughs> it's still it's still it still cracks me up how many things we pointed out in that movie and still came away saying this is a great movie yeah it's fun to watch that was awful but didn't you see the <laughs> yes 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 so the last thing before we watch the trailer for the next one okay i will tell you yep this movie is um let's see what kind of scale is this movie i think it's mexican food okay okay and i I think it is steak and chicken fajitas oh okay Mm -hmm. that's why i think it is all right well there's the without the the peppers because i don't like that just so you know you know, I'm not a big fan of peppers generally, but if they're made right, I love them in fajitas. I, they have to have just a little bit of crunch, but not but a lot. My problem is those like the green peppers and stuff. I'm talking mm-hmm. bell peppers. I don't mind when they use the chiles in there. But okay. green peppers tend to overpower and make everything taste like it to me. Mm. So hmm. I don't want them on a pizza or in my Mexican f- in anything. I don't want them in okay. stuff. Because okay. that's all I taste. So there you go. That There's the definitive scale, rating. Just a little bit. It's chicken steak fajitas with no peppers. <laughs> so we are going to watch the trailer for, oh, I'm so excited, Avengers Infinity War. Woo, oh, I didn't even that. know what we were watching next, Infinity yep. War. Infinity War. Okay. Dun, dun, dun! Next time on Saga of the Stones, Avengers Infinity War. Okay, well, that trailer was really dark, and you said there was a guy named Grimace, which I only know is the purple dude from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I was really confused by the big stone guy, who I don't know who is, but he doesn't look very nice, and I don't like him. But He's super not Grimace. excited, because at the very end of this trailer... I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Your favorite. And I love them. <laughs> and so maybe they're maybe they get to be in this movie too. Maybe I get to enjoy them. I don't know. Not sure what else is happening in this movie because it looks really, really dark. And uh people are don't seem very happy. And uh except when she somebody said, Get this man a shield, which is a good thing, and uh we want to get him a shield. But I, I'm excited to watch it because I want to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know what else is going on. <laughs> well, you've seen the big purple guy before a couple times now. He's been in both Guardians movies, and he was in a... He looked familiar, but I don't know who he is. Thanos. Oh. And at the end of Age I of Ultron, now. in one of the post credit scenes, he goes, fine, I'll do it myself. And he puts that glove on. That we've seen, we saw in the yeah. trailer. Yeah. Oh, he's bad. Yeah. And and did you notice what is at the center of this movie, maybe? Well, I it's saw na- Loki with a Tesseract. Uh-huh. Which you said. He had. He took that. I told you, you he did. Oh, I yeah. No. Hey, you it know what I forgot to talk about? What did we forget to talk about? Clyde. Oh, yeah. Clyde, Clyde was in the movie. And his car's It's, it's important to, I guess, bring up because he only has a few more appearances. Clyde's dead, huh? Yeah. But yeah, he was in the movie. I saw him, and I forgot to talk <laughs> about it. Oh, well. 
But, uh, yeah. So next time, we'll watch Infinity War. Yes, we are We are three movies from the end of Saga of the Stones. Oh, no. Yeah. And these 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 two mo- next two movies you're super excited whew. about, I can tell. I am I am oh, so pumped. But they are also massive. Okay. Like the last one's like three and a half hours. Oh, I have to talk to you that long. Okay. Well no, you have to listen to me that long. True. Well, we won't talk that long, I'm sure. Whatever. But okay. I'm so excited. But anytime. Anyway. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Just anytime. <laughs> Anyway, that's all from us this time. I've been Chris. I've been Beth. And I got nothing. Me either. <laughs> There's no good one-liner from from that movie. I, yeah, he doesn't give us anything good, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was here the whole time. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Well, until <laughs> next time. <laughs> until next time. Hey, that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Cinematic Sagas, a part of the As If You Didn't Know network. Episodes release every other Wednesday. That jaunty tune you hear is Comic Hero by Kevin McLeod, and he's used under the Creative Commons license. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would love to hear from you, so send emails to saga at asifydk.com. Our Twitter and Instagram handles, asifydk, and our website, asifydk.com. That's the words as, if, and the letters y, d, k. See you there.